to go back to um, some things that I learned a long time ago. And uh, I want to start in, in Luke. Open our Bibles to Luke if you got your iPads, your phones. I like paper. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 13. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Luke chapter 13, let me get, um, let me get ready here. We're going to read it in the Passion first. I'll let, uh, I'll let the sound booth know we're going to read it in the Passion first. So let's read it. So in chapter uh, 13, starting in verse 24, it says, Jesus said unto the crowd, there is a great cost for anyone to enter through the narrow gate or the narrow doorway to God's kingdom realm. I tell you, there are many, there will be many who will want to enter but won't be able to. For once the head of the house has shut and locked the door, it will be too late. Even if you stand outside knocking and begging to enter and saying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us, he will say unto you, I don't know who you are. You are not a part of my family. And then you will reply, Lord, haven't we dined with you and walked with you as you taught us? And he will reply, don't you understand? I don't know who you are. For you are not part of my family, and you cannot enter in. Now go away from me, for you are all disloyal and evil to me, or disloyal to me and, and do evil. He says, for you will experience great weeping and great anguish, um, and you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob along with the prophets of Israel, enjoying God's kingdom realm. Uh, while you yourselves are bared or barred from entering, and you will see people streaming from the four corners of the earth, accepting the invitation of the feast of God's kingdom, while you are kept outside looking in. And take note of this, that there are some of you who are despised and viewed as least important now, but one day will be placed in the head of the line. And there are, all, there are others who are viewed as elite today who will become least uh, important then. I know that's pretty serious, but uh, I realize that living a Christian life is pretty serious, and how we live, and how we conduct our lives, and what we say. It's like um, I'm very, uh, not cautious, but yeah, I'm very cautious of what I say now, because I know I'm bound to my word, because I know God is bound to his word if I just believe it. And uh, I realize not everyone will go to heaven. And uh, sometimes that's hard for me to take because I'm starting to love like God. And God loves the whole world and he wants everyone to be saved. And, uh, but I'm realizing like not everyone's going to be saved. But if how I live my life and how I conduct my life uh, gets some people saved, then my life is, is bared fruit. And... Um, what I want to talk to you tonight is, a, is a, the message that I want to call this is called Pretenders and Performers. Pretenders and Performers. And a pretender is a person who makes claims, statements, and abilities 
and uh, intentions that are false, a deceiver that misleads others. That's what a pretender means in, the, in dictionary.com. Really a deceiver that misleads others. And uh, a while back I was going to, um, I had to get a, some, some batteries for my key fob from my Harley. So I just went to Harley Davidson and I, I went on my Sportster and um, I went and uh, I had my patch on and stuff like that. And uh, how do you know, like how you guys know that when you wake up in the morning, you pray and you thank God that you're led by the Spirit of God in everything you do and everything you say. And I, and I believe that. I confess that. and I, I believe that. I, I allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me and I allow Him to lead and guide me into everything I do. And so when I'm going about my day, this day I, was, I needed some, some batteries. So I went to Carly Davidson and I remember going to the parts department and they just gave me the run around there. And, and, um, but the reason why I was there was for two people. And there's two people there and they were kind of a little uh, hesitant of coming up and talking to me because I had a patch on and I uh, had a big cross on the back. But uh, so anyways, I just went about my business and, you know, I remember saying hi to them in the, in the, um, the service department. And so anyways, I went out and got on my bike and I got my helmet on. I was about to go and the, this lady came out and started talking to me about, you know, hey, what kind of bike is that? We just started a conversation. So anyways, one story led to another that, you know, I found out she believes in God and, you know, she says she's a Christian and stuff like that. So, you know, here I am talking to her and I know that I'm led by God. And so I started talking to her and then her husband comes out and I start talking to him. And, and uh, anyways, they, they, just, um, they just got a vibe off me. And they said, do you know this guy? And, I, and they talked about someone uh, and I said, yes, I do. And he says, well, he, he just, he, something, something about him just rubs me the wrong way, she said. And um, so anyway, she goes on to tell me, you know, what he was doing wrong and this and that. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, like, we all have faults. Nobody's perfect. Uh, even Christians, you know, we're not perfect. But he's perfect. He's in us. But um, so anyways, um, so I started talking to her. And, um, you know, I just, I felt that, you know, They're important. They're important to me at the time, and they're important to God. And God loves them. And I know God brought them in my path for a reason. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we, all, we don't have faults uh, and failures, but we, we go through them. It's like Reverend Ann was saying tonight, you know, whatever you go through, just let, the, let your light glow. And, uh, you know, John chapter 15, Jesus says, um, without me, you can do nothing. And all through my life, I've, I've quoted that, John chapter 15, Lord, I can't do nothing without you. And even when I go to the grocery store, I can't, I can't do anything without them. Even when my wife gives me a list. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, she gives me a list and I go to the grocery store and I, and I just acknowledge God, like Pastor was saying, acknowledge him in all your ways. And I go in that grocery store and I acknowledge him in all my ways. But um, it's like, uh, you know, when I go into the grocery store and I, you know, pick up some good fruit and stuff like that, you know, she, she always says to me, why did you pick this out? It's not even ripe or this is rotten, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, can I get anything right when I go to the grocery store? All right. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, when I, I, back in positive energy days, uh, Pastor Paul, 
uh, bless him. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, positive energy. Praise God. Yeah, Prosner, Prosner, Prosner. Yeah. And um, so anyways, I started, um, I started listening to this certain preacher, and I, I told Pastor Paul about him. And he's just, he, he said, he said, James, he, he said it in a way that was really nice. He said, James, he said, I, I just wouldn't listen to him. And uh, I, I said, okay, because I took Pastor Paul's word for it. You know what I mean? He's my spiritual father in the faith, and, you know, I trusted him. And um, he, he said to me, he said, you know, you like chicken, right? I said, yeah. He says, you eat the whole chicken? I said, yeah. He said, no, you don't. He said, you eat the meat and you throw out the bones. He said, be careful. He said, be careful what you listen to, right? Be careful what you listen to. It's like a batch of strawberries. Look, my favorite food strawberries. I go and get a batch of strawberries, and they might look good on the, good on the, the, on the top, but in the bottom, they, they might be rotten, right? It's like, and I always said, you know, what may look good may not always be God, right? So always be cautious of who you listen to and what you receive from people. And, you know, go in and, and study it out, you know what I mean? You know, First John 4 says there's a spirit of truth and the spirit of error, you know, and I believe the spirit of truth is in you because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he lives inside you. And, you know, there is a spirit of error too. So we have to discern what's good and what's God, right? And, uh, you know, it's the same way when people see us. It's just like that batch of strawberries. You know, we might look good on the outside, right? But something inside is just not right. You know, but that's why I said it's very important. Like, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. It's very important how we conduct our lives and how we live and how we act and what we say because they'll see the fruit from our lives, right? It's just like Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, you know the tree by what its fruit and what it produces. So a performer, to be a performer, a performer means, this is in dictionary.com, it means to complete, to accomplish, to exhibit behavior, with a particular role or identity. If I see it in the world today, it's people with a problem with identity. I think the most important thing in the body of Christ, you know, in, in my life is, is your identification with Christ and who you are in Him and what you have in Him. Amen, yeah. It's like, uh, uh, there's a famous lady, um, what's her name? Catherine Kuhlman. She said, you know, she... Uh, she said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, she said, learn to die to self. Learn to die to self. It's like Pastor Nancy told me tonight, you know, she spoke Galatians 2.20 over me. She said, you're crucified with Christ. It's nevertheless you live, but Christ lives in you. And the life which you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, learn to die to self. Learn to die to self. It also means to behave in ways that exhibit socially acceptable behavior, to fulfill a command, be a doer. Be a doer. It's like a performer of music. A performer of music, a musician. I'm not a musician by any means, but if I, I could be a musician if I practice enough. But the thing is, some people have talents, and if you're a musician, what do you do? You practice over and over and over until you get it. Right? That's just like with faith. Faith, Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, you're always continually putting the Word in you and letting it speak out of you. And being, you, know, you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, right? 
See, we practice it, but he's the one that performs it. Isaiah 55, 11, you know, it's, it's his word in your mouth that brings it to pass. It says, so shall my word go forth out of my mouth, and it shall, not, it shall, it shall prosper in where I send it, and it shall not return unto me void, or it shall not return unto me void, but it will prosper in the thing where to I send it. And Jeremiah 1, 12 says that he'll watch over his word. to so what? He'll perform it in your life. So we practice it, he performs it. All right? And you'll always win if you walk in love. You'll always win if you walk in love. If you put the word first, it's like Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom. God's way of doing things, and everything that you need will be, will be added unto you. He will never leave you like that song we were singing tonight. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. No, who are singing, uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Anyways, Matthew chapter 7. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Hallelujah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21, um, and this is Jesus speaking. He said, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. He says, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done wonderful works? Sometimes, like, this is, this is hard, you know? Like, it's, it's sometimes when, the, like, when Pastor Paul or whoever comes up here and preaches, Pastor Gary, sometimes they preach stuff that, that it just makes me go, oh, it just cuts so deep. And why it cuts deep is because the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing us under the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts in the intents of the heart. It cuts you deep. It's because God, God's just trying to say to you through his word, he wants to save you from everything that's out there that's the trash and garbage. He wants to save you from that, right? Yeah, and he said, he said, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done wonderful works? He said, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me you workers of iniquity. I'm thankful for pastors. I'm thankful for the, you know, the gifts of the, that, that God has given us in Ephesians, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, evangelist, and the teacher. You know, they bring us the meat. They bring us the very meat that we can live on, not just the milk, but the meat. You know, brisket, brisket and beans, and Pastor Paul's stuffing is like the cream of the crop. Right? You know, Wendy's is good, but I'd rather have quality over quantity. I'd rather, you know, yeah, pure meat. Not for some people. For me, I don't like sugar that much, but you know, but yeah, but I like the meat. Turkey's good. Yeah, turkey's good. Where it says, depart from me, you lawbreakers. It misses the point. The point is about the two foundations. One foundation is on the word of God, and the other one is not. And it's, it doesn't matter what else you do, it's the word that causes you to win yeah. in life. Yeah. And if you're full of the word, it's kind of like in Philippians 2.12, he says, you know, he says, work out your own salvation. But then verse 13 says, for it's his word in you. 
him in you, working both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah. So I think that the whole message that we get from all of this is you cast your care upon him and enjoy your Christian life. Yeah. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I was dealing with another pastor today, and it was so uh, self-righteous what he was saying. And, 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 uh, and I didn't want to harm the man by correcting him, but he did it on the public forum. And so I had to address it where he did it. And my response to what he was saying was, you, you know, if you could change your life, then New Year's resolutions would work. If you could, if you could change your life, you'd be the potter and he'd be the clay. But my Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that I'm changed from glory to glory as I yield to him. So lots of times when we read these scriptures, people get working on themselves trying to get better. And getting better only makes you better. Amen. You know, I'm thankful for pastors. You know, like when I first started coming to New Covenant Ministries, you know, one of the things on the bulletin used to say, bringing you out of religion and what? into reality out of what tradition and in the truth right god doesn't want you to be religious he doesn't want you in tradition he wants you to have a relationship with him he wants to bring the truth to you right verse 24 he said therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken to him a wise man which built his house upon the rock he said and when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, it fell not, for it was what? Founded upon the rock. And we know in 1 Corinthians, you know, chapter 10, it says, he says, Christ was what? That rock. Amen. He says, everyone that hears these sayings of mine, notice that, notice that Jesus said, everyone that hears these sayings of mine, everybody will hear the gospel somehow, right? Everyone that hears these sayings of mine, and what does them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. It says, and when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, it fell, and great was that fall. Well, you know, Proverbs says, whenever there's a fall, there's always pride, right? Always stay humble. Always walk in love. Always stay in love. Like pastors preaching, you know, saying to us, you know, keep with the word. Stay with the word, right? You stay in love, you'll stay with the word, right? And, you know, our lives are built upon the foundation of what the apostles, the prophets, and what Jesus Christ being what? The cornerstone. He's the cornerstone, right? And I noticed that, you know, just recently, you know, a friend of mine that I've been witnessing for the last 20 years, you know, trying to witness to him and, and trying to lead him to the Lord. And eventually, you know, he did last year. He gave his heart to the Lord. And, uh, you know, he came from a, a rough upbringing and stuff like that. And he never read the Bible, nothing like that. And uh, I said to him the other day, I said, are you reading the Bible? He says, I can't, I can't read the Bible. I said, I said, if you're going to read any book, and he says, I don't like reading. I said, if you're going to read any book, I said, read the Bible. And I'm thankful for Rob Bells because he sends us those little devotions. So I said, you know what? I'm going to send you a devotion every day. And so as soon as Rob sends me a devotion, I'll send it to him. And you know, he's been reading it. And what really made me smile the other day is he sent me a scripture back. You know what I mean? Like he's getting it, right? You know, sometimes people might not read the Bible, but they'll build their foundation upon what you say and how you do things. 
You know what I mean? And we know that our lives are built upon the foundation of, you know, what Jesus said to us. It's built upon the rock, right? But the thing is, like, even um, a friend of mine was going through uh, stuff the other day, and uh, it was it was really big. So you know what I did? I I dropped everything and I went out and seen him, and I spent some time with him. I encouraged him, and uh, I said, you know, listen, God's got this. Whatever you're going through, I'm going through with you, and. he just, uh, he just said, James, you said, you really were an answer to me, and uh, I thank you for that. And this guy doesn't know, know the Lord yet, you know what I mean? I've been witnessing to him for the last 10 years. And, uh, but anyways, I got a chance to pray with him. And just, you know, having that opportunity with someone to pray with them and just, you know, believe God with them, saying, hey, the best is yet to come, that says everything to a person, Right? So, you know, a Christian's life is just as strong because, you know, we spend time in the Word, spend time with the Holy Spirit, you know? It's like I go through my day, you know, I don't want to say that I pray in the Holy Ghost for eight hours a day, but I kind of do, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like I just put myself in, like, autopilot, you know, as soon as I get in my van, it's, bam, it's on, and I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm spending time with God and talking to him and singing and, and worshiping. And, you know, even when I'm working on a, on a burner, you know, I remember one time I was working in a little crawl space and uh, I got in there and I was, I was talking just like I am right now. I was talking to God. I was praying the Holy Ghost. And, and so anyways, after I'm done my job, I get out there and this old man sitting in the chair and he just looks at me. And I was just like, okay, you know, but I was just talking to God just like I am now, you know, I didn't think anybody was listening, you know what I mean, except for the Lord. But, you know, we build up our most holy faith, you know what I mean? Faith is always coming and it's always going and faith is always meant to be, you know, poured out, not stored up. It's not meant to be hoarded up. It's meant to be poured out, you know what I mean? Like tonight, I'm going to pour all my faith upon you and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Sometimes after church, we go home and watch Jesse DePlanis or Kenneth Copeland or you know Keith Moore and stuff like that. Like we just get the word in you, get put the faith back in you, right? Right? <laughs> Billy Brim, yeah, I gotta watch her. Okay, amen. Iron sharpens iron. We're supposed to sharpen each other. First Timothy. First Timothy. First Timothy. Before Second Timothy. Chapter six, verse eleven. Is everybody there? Amen. But thou, O man of God, he said, flee these things and follow what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and patience and meekness. He said, fight the good fight of faith. He said, lay hold on eternal life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. If you hold on to that word right there, right, that's holding on to eternal life. Eternal life is holding on to his word and living by that word. He said, whereunto thou art called, you have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things before, before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep the commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Skip down to verse 17. 
He said, charge them that are, which are rich in this world that they be not what high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they may be rich in good works and ready to distribute and willing to communicate. I like what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 9.22. He says, I became weak so I can win the weak. Right? Well, he said, he said, to the weak I became weak that I may gain the weak, that I be made all things to all men that what that by all means some might be what saved. Right? Not everyone's going to be saved. But you know what? If how you live our lives and how what we say saves some, then that's worth it to me. Right? And be always willing to communicate. And someone's salvation might be by your your actions, your generosity, your giving. You know, it's like it's like when pastor was preaching tonight about giving, you know what I mean? Like he's always said, you know, it may leave our hands, but it will never leave our lives. You know what I mean? How many times do we, you know, uh, give to different ministries, you know, all over the, the country here, even down in Digby, and we give to Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and stuff. we give to other ministries and stuff, but where's that seed going? You know, that's going into good ground, and it's going into people's lives. You know, people are getting saved by your generosity, your actions, right? And it's because the foundation you laid by being a doer and not a hearer only, and being a performer and not a pretender, right? But the thing is, like, I read these things, and I'm willing to communicate, you know, the gospel by any means. And this guy that I was talking to just recently, uh, for, for, for eight years, you know, he, he just put me off when I started talking about the Lord. And, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I don't push nothing on nobody, but I always, if there's an opportunity, I always walk to it and walk through it. And uh, anyways, I remember when we were, we, we were selling our house and I had a bunch of lumber um, in the back of my shed. And I said, I said, do you want this? He said, yeah, I, you know, I can put together my, finish my deck and stuff. So I said, come pick it up. I said, it's yours. And I said, Lord, how can I bless him? And, and I just heard him say, just say, go down to Kent and buy him a gift card for this amount. And so and he said, I said, okay, Lord, I will. And it was, it was a huge amount. And I said, okay, Lord, I will. So I went down and got him a gift card, and I came back, and I, I said, uh, I just want to give this to you. And he didn't have his glasses on, so he couldn't see the amount. But he said, he said afterwards, when he, when he seen the amount, he started to cry. You know what I mean? Because no one has ever done that to him. No one's ever been generous to him. No one's ever been good to him. What did Jesus say in Acts? He said, he said Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You don't know what oppression people are under. And you don't know how good, like, when you do good to people. Like, Jesus was a philanthropist. He went about doing good. He took care of people's needs. Like, and fulfilled them. You know, every desire. I'm a philanthropist. <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it's like... <laughs> Sometimes we just got to put our, our money where our mouth is. And, uh, you know, like I heard this one time that m all money is good for is three things. It's paying bills, solving problems, and gift giving. You know what? I might have been solving a problem there. I might have been, give, you know, giving a gift to this person. But if the amount that I sowed gets him saved, you know, it's just like tithing. You know, like... A dime off a dollar. A dime off a dollar. 
You know, I don't tithe because of Malachi 3.10. I, I, I tithe because of Malachi 3.11. It says, God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Like, I, I, I don't really pray over my finances because God does it for me. Like, I, I, don't keep, I pray over my finances, but, but God prays over your finances when you're obedient to him, right? So it's all about doing his will. It's all about doing his will. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. You know, it's, it's Romans 13, 8. It says, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. My goal is to love one another. And if I owe no man nothing, then what I have in my pocket can go into the kingdom of God somehow. They can get someone saved. Right? We are the example. We are the light that shines in a dark place. The only Bible one sees is, is sometimes us. Right? Matthew chapter 5. Two more scriptures and we're done. Just to let you know, I'm not going to go too long. I'd rather have too much than too little. If anybody knows me when I, when I cook for them, I always, have, I always have more than enough. I, you know, my God is more than enough, so I'm going to be more than enough, right? <laughs> Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He said, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but what? Put it on a candlestick, and it gives light to the whole house. He said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We went apple picking the other day. And uh, so anyways, me and Heather were sitting on the table, and, and um, <laughs> so we were sitting at the table, and uh, the guy comes up in his tractor, the owner, and he gets out. And he goes, oh, what a glorious day. Praise the Lord. And I, I, he, I don't know if he didn't, he didn't hear us, but we said, yeah, praise the Lord. So anyways, we, me and Justin, we got talking to him. And he forgot who we were. And we go up there every year, right? We know he's a Christian. And I, and I went up to him. I said, so what's God doing in your life? And he looked at me. He's like, how did you know I was a Christian? I said, man, your light burns bright. I said, I said, how many lumens are you? And he just, he just lit right up, right? But, you know, we're supposed to be an example to one another. You know, my life or our lives should provide a way of influence that draws one to the light, not a life that provokes or summons another to the light. You know, let people see how we live and let people see the Word of God dwell in us. Let it see working in us, you know? It's a... Uh, you know, when, when you do that, it's easy for people to come to the light. You know, it's like, um, it's like when uh, Pastor Paul, uh, in Positive Energy Days, <laughs> he, uh, he, he never, inv- I, I don't remember him saying, come up to the front and worship the Lord. He always led by an example. He said, wherever you're at, he said, practice the presence of God where you're at. And so I did that, you know, and I used to sit in the back and stuff like that. And I used to practice the presence of God where I was at. And, you know, I, I used to go home. He used to give me this. The first CD he ever gave me was Carmen High Praises. And it was just. It, and, you know, uh, I haven't returned it to him yet. But um, it, I, I didn't steal. I, I didn't steal. But I just, I, it was just so good. And I, I must have played that CD over and over and over and over. And uh, so anyways, I found it the other day. And I put it in my Jeep. 
and I'd be going along the road and I'd be singing, you know, singing some songs, some old school songs. And, uh, but anyways, it just brought me back. But, um, but anyways, when I used to sit in the back, he, he, he just never said, come up to the front. He said, practice the presence of God where you're at. And uh, so anyways, I'm glad he did that because when I used to go home, I used to do the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like this. I don't like sitting up the front. But God told me to a couple years ago. He said, you know, James, I want you to sit up in the front. You know, some of my best friends are here. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. And I'd like to sit with them. But when we come to church, it's about getting fed, getting your spirit fed. You know, I told Heather tonight, she goes, Do you, did you want to sit up behind Pastor Gary tonight? You know what I mean? In the second row? And I'm like, no. She goes, why? I said, no, I got to sit up in the front row. And the thing is, like, if I sit up in the front row, it's just like when I'm worshiping the Lord. If I'm up here, I can't see anybody and nobody can't see me. Right? Because I'll get distracted, you know? And even when Joey started coming back to church, you know, you know, he came up and sat beside me. I'm like, oh, man, this is trouble. This is trouble. Like, I've seen Pastor Gary look over at us a few times, and I'm like, ugh. And then, I was, you know, I said, I said, I said, Joey, I'm believing for a good woman, or a godly woman for you. I said, she's going to be sitting in that chair right there. She was sitting in the chair that I was sitting in. And uh, so anyway, sure enough, that came to pass for him. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting over at the edge there. But, you know, like, I, 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 you know, but I'm glad, you know, I'm glad. You know what I mean? I'm glad what Pastor Paul taught me, you know what I mean, and, and about worship and just worship where you're at. And, you know, it, but it made it me easier for me to come up to the front and worship. You know, it's not... The anointing's every, you know, it's it's everywhere that you are because Christ lives in you, right? But the thing is, when you if there's just something about coming up to the front and just worshiping corporately that just changes you, and I'm just I'm thankful for that because it gets your it gets your eyes off yourself and gets your focus on Jesus, right? Right. My last scripture, Philippians chapter two. And I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. So I'll give Annette a few minutes to, or not a few minutes, a few seconds to get that up. Oh, she got it up there. Thanks the Lord. She is on. Her light burns bright. She's about 10,000 lumens. Amen. <laughs> Let your light so shine before men. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Philippians. You know what really blesses me? You know when I think I've made it? When Emma goes home and puts on Jamesy. You know what I mean? Then I was like, man, I, I, I made it. I made it. I made it. <laughs> it's good to be on the playlist, yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, it says, God will continually, continually re revitalize you and implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves, for then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe." Offering to them the, what the words of eternal life. He says, I haven't labored among you for nothing, for your lives are the fruit of my ministry. 
and you will be my glorious boast at the unveiling of Christ. He says, but I will rejoice even in my life is poured out like a liquid offering to God over your sacrificial and surrendered lives of faith. And so that no matter what happens to me, you should rejoice in a static celebration with me. Our lives should be an offering to others. And you know, it's because of your lives, right? It's because of your faith that I am who I am today. You know, it's because your example, it's because you didn't give up. You know, like how many times, like I, like this, this year is 25 years that I've been coming to New Covenant Ministries Church. And there's people here that, are, that have been here longer than me, but it's you that I've learned off. And, you know, people that are coming out, you know, even new in the last couple of years, 10, 15 years, it, it's your lives that I'm learning off. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I honor that. And it's, it's you guys that I've been learning off. You guys are the performers. You guys have been through thick and thin, you know, and nothing's new. No, no, no battle is, is new. Nothing is new under the sun. You know, I might be battling something and you might have overcome that, you know, and you might be battling something and I might be overcoming it. That's where he says iron sharpens iron, right? We're supposed to build each other up. So yeah, Philippians, the last scripture I want to uh, talk about is Philippians 1.6. You know, it's, it's a promise that I've, I've kept this in my heart. And Philippians 1.6 says, being confident. I'm being confident in this very thing. That he which begun the good work in you will what? Perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. No matter what you go through, God is the performer. All you got to do is practice it. All you got to do is do it. Build your house upon the rock. Right? You know, and, 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 and just be continually praying, you know what I mean? And, and praying for God to use you to, to, to win people to the Lord, to minister to them. Like, you know, I've been in over thousands of homes. And years ago, the Lord said to me, he said, every home that you enter in, he said, make sure you pray over them. Pray over that house. Pray over that household. Bring your blessing into that house. Bring your peace into that house. Pray for salvation in that house. You know what I mean? I don't know why he told me to do that, but, you know, he, he's... And every time, you know, I've done that, you know what I mean? He's always opened an opportunity for someone, you know, to hear the gospel somehow. You know what I mean? If it's just by me making them smile or making them feel comfortable after giving them heat and hot water, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. But anyways, uh, I just thank you guys for allowing me to speak to you. And um, just what the Lord shared upon my heart. And uh, I love you and I honor you and bless you tonight. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.